Well, it's a privilege today to have a young man with us that's no stranger to the house. It's my little nephew. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Judge Brown is with us today. So if you would put your hands together and make him welcome. Thank you. Well, it's a privilege to be your littlest nephew. <laughs> Technically the largest, the tallest, yeah. <laughs> well, good morning, Christ Community Church. How are you? Praise God. Amen. You got up. You set your clocks forward. All right. Well, listen, uh, it's so exciting to be here and just visiting family. And uh, my uncle has said, hey, won't you come over and be a part? So I'm so thankful for the opportunity to see so many. It's just good to be back home, right? Good to see so many familiar faces and um, so Lori's not with me, but she sends her love. And maybe some of you that did know us, uh, that we have five boys now. So we had, we had the three boys, and uh, the top one, Gabriel, he's 22 now, and uh, he's married. Just got married uh, back last year, and uh, he's doing really well. Him and his wife, they, I'm just so proud of him. He's on fire for God. He leads worship at one of our campus churches. Uh, he is uh, um, already graduated, obviously, high school, college, and in his master's program for hospital administration and uh, already bought a home and uh, he called me uh, the other day and said dad he's really into uh, finances and Dave Ramsey and he said dad uh, we've discovered our debt-free day we're gonna be debt-free next year and so I was like wow <laughs> I mean what a what a call for a father to get right isn't that awesome and uh, just so proud of him Caleb is 19 and he's already graduated high school pursuing a career in in luxury boats and, and water sports and uh, Josiah is, uh, is still in high school uh, he's playing basketball for a D1 high school in Ohio, and uh, he's uh, really turned out to be a fine young man, loves God, and uh, he's getting his dunking down a little bit better, so uh, he's working on his baseline dunk and the front dunk, so making dad proud, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and we start AAU now, uh, so we're busy in the sports world, and then uh, what, since we've been gone, Lori surprised me, and we had two more boys, and so we had an 11-year break, and now we have Isaiah, who is five, and he's in preschool, uh, doing really well, and then Micah, who is three, and uh, he wants to be in preschool. So he's, uh, he's a fine young man, too. And so we're just so excited about raising our family. I know uh, you heard me saying that uh, we had a wedding and we've been potty training all at the same time. So it's been an exciting time uh, in the Brown world and the Brown family. And uh, we're just so thankful for what God has uh, blessed us with in our 40s. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny when I tell people we had two more kids in our 40s and uh, people say, oh, it's so precious. I wish. That. No, never mind. I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, God is so good and uh, it's certainly a privilege to, uh, to be here today. I want to talk to you for just a few moments uh, based upon the climate that we live in today and the situation that we're facing not only here at home but across the world. And I want you to look at your neighbor and say, don't hit the snooze. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for what you're doing in this house. Thank you for family. Thank you for the opportunity to be back home here at Christ Community Church this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would visit us over these next few moments. We thank you for all your many blessings. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I do want to say before I begin, uh, I'm so thankful for Pastor Rick and Pastor Debbie for their love and what they're doing here at Christ Community. Don't you love your pastors this morning? Amen. <laughs> Amen. 
Uh, Pastor Rick and Debbie obviously have been one of my mentors and youth pastor uh, and growing up and uncle, which is uh, a bonus. <laughs> you know, uh, when the times move forward, the clock changes and things begin to shift in our lives. It's, it's uh, so neat uh, when things change because it's the, it's the, it's the pointing to a new season. Um, how many of you uh, use an alarm clock to get up in the mornings? Anybody? Well, uh, most of us, right? Some of you have got that natural born alarm clock. Yep. Yeah, you don't need an alarm clock. Just like my dad, up at five o'clock, no matter what time he went to bed, you know. And, uh, but, you know, I, I set sometimes more than one alarm since we have it on the cell phone. So in case I hit stop or mute, okay, I already got a hand up. In case I hit snooze too long or I turn it off, this is a backup alarm about 15 minutes later. So six o'clock, you know, 6.15, 6.30. And then just in case, just in case, seven o'clock, just in case. So I make sure I don't miss it because it's, uh, especially during the winter, it's a little easier to want to stay under those covers than to, uh, than to have to uh, respond to the alarm, right? It's easier to hit the snooze button. You know, my boys have Alexa uh, in their rooms, and so they set their alarm through Alexa, and they say, I know some of you are like, what's Alexa? Okay, well, some of you that understand, Alexa, uh, it says, Alexa, set the alarm for, you know, 7 a.m. to wake us up, and I'll hear my boys down there before school starts, Alexa, be quiet. Alexa, turn off. Alexa, you know, just holler at her uh, the whole time and uh, you know but it's amazing when uh, when we really want to do something uh, what we'll do to get up you know um, my my boys uh, like my Caleb he loves to do water sports he wakes boards snowboards and and uh, and one morning after we got a, a, a ski boat he he bought a ski boat and and uh, they wanted to get up at like five o'clock in the morning to to catch the water right at the that calm steel moment you know right when it's not wavy and so I'm like yeah yeah, right. <laughs> These teenage boys are all going to get up before daylight and go down to the water and, and go on the water because I can't get them out of bed in the mornings for school, right? And, and, and sometimes for church or whatever the case, you know, you're always trying to get them. And boy, if I kid you not, I don't know how late they stayed up, but when that clock went off, they responded. They got up. They were headed to the truck and I was supposed to go with them to drive the boat. I didn't think they would do it. And so uh, sure enough, boy, they got up and went. I was so amazed that if they really wanted to do something, uh, it doesn't matter. They're going to be there, right? <laughs> but if it's something that we're not so excited about, it's easy to hit the snooze. And so I want to talk to you on this topic for a moment. Don't hit the snooze. Uh, the, in, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, reading out of the New King James Version, therefore he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. When I look at this scripture, I was uh, at this, this clip of the psalm that, that Paul put into the text. I, I look at the commentary, and I wanted to put it in the context, so I decided just to read uh, what they had there, and I, I want to read this to you. In the context, uh, Ephesia, Ephesus was the center of just about everything deemed important in that re region of western Turkey. It was the political capital the converging point of all the trade routes, the meeting place for all the religious travelers and worshipers of pagan deities, the hot spot of occult behavior and witchcraft. Ephesus was also the city with the strongest, busiest, and largest church in the ancient world. Since it was the most excavated city from the ancient era, we know of its famous temple of Diana. Many other pagan temples, the busy marketplace, the huge theater, and the stadium hosting gladiator contests and wild animal fights. So the church in Ephesus had a lot to contend with. 
the dominance of pagan worship, popular cultic ceremonies and witchcraft, sexual immorality, especially through temple prostitution and bloodlust. St. Paul spent three years in Ephesus and the church remained strong through all of the cultural opposition and religious competition. Despite their amazing endurance and perseverance, it would still be easy to be lured by false teaching and social pressures. The song to the Ephesians was no doubt familiar to the church members, and Paul sought to see this hymn excerpt as a wake-up call to those believers in the church who might be falling asleep spiritually. And Paul didn't want Christians in their midst to forsake their first love. Well, when I think about this text and I look at the parallel of some of the things that we're experiencing in our world today, I could go through right now and give you a list of the negative things that are happening in, the, in, our, in our world with the wars, the rumors of wars, the pestilence, the famines, the things that are happening, all of the immorality, the sexual confusions, uh, but you can just go home and watch the news and you can get the latest if you would like. But you know, it's a time that we come to a place where we don't fall asleep. That we don't fall into a place where we decide to hit the news. But I believe there is a sound of an alarm to awaken the church, to arise, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine into you and upon you. This is a message, a word for the church today. I didn't come to preach at you, but just to share this with you, because I believe it's a word not just for you and I, but it's for a church as a whole across this nation and the world, for us to arise, O that sleeps. I was at a chamber meeting just a, a few weeks ago and was sitting with several pastors and at the end I was walking out with one particular pastor who pastors in a mainstream denomination and we were walking out and just having small talk and I made the comment that, hey man, it's good to see you. You know, pastors just gotta keep raising the standard, keep preaching the truth and God bless you, brother. And he's like, well, now that you mention that, he said, uh, I wanted to just let you know that after some research and study and listening to a professor in a book that I read, I've come to the conclusion that God would bless a homosexual and a homosexual union. And I was kind of stepped back and shocked for just a moment, and I said, brother, I, I understand, you know, I obviously, you know, disagree, and not only from a biblical perspective, but from a biological perspective, but, but I would like to sit down with you and try to understand how you've come to this conclusion. Try to understand what has brought you to this place and this understanding. And carefully and politely, my heart was being torn and ripped at that moment as I heard another pastor being lured to sleep and falling away with false doctrines and teaching and falling asleep from the truth. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 1 through 5, reading out the Amplified, I want to read this text to you. It says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge, the living, and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word as an, an official messenger. Be ready when the time is right and even when it is not. Keep your sense of urgency, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether convenient or inconvenient, whether welcome or unwelcome. Correct those in error in doctrine or behavior. Warn those who in sin and exhort and encourage those who are growing towards spiritual maturity with inexhaustible patience and with faithful teaching. For the time will come 
when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenges them with God's truth, but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing. They will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors they hold and will turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into myths and man-made fictions and will accept the unacceptable. But as for you, be clear-headed in every situation. Stay calm and cool and steady. Endure every hardship without flinching. Do the work of evangelists and fulfill the duties of your ministry. There's an alarm sounding today in where we live for the church to awaken, to realize it's not time to hit the snooze button any longer, but we are facing a dime in a day that we live in that God wants to arise and awaken the church to shine his light into the darkness of this world, that there will be an awakening back into the hearts of men and women once again. We need a revival. We need an awakening. I'm hungry for an awakening. I'm desperate to hear God. I want to know him. An alarm clock is something that you set a time in advance to awake someone. Amen. There is an alarm that is being set to awaken us for a time for such as this, that God can use us to bring revival in the land. Please, I beg you this morning, the challenge, the warning, if God is dealing with your heart, to rise up, to not hit the snooze button any longer. There's an annoying sound. Hit again, brother. There's an annoying sound. I'd laid in bed this morning. I actually had this one at my dad's house. And I set it across the room because I was afraid that my cell phone wouldn't switch in the time zone. So I made sure I was ready. The only problem is, is that I couldn't hit the snooze. It was too far away, which required me to stand up out of my slumber and sleep. And, and it called me to action. I had to rise up and to turn that thing off. I'm praying for an annoying alarm. I didn't say anointing, I said an annoying alarm. <laughs> to wake us up, to get us out of our comfort zones, to get us out of our self-seeking and our, our lust of our flesh and the pleasures of life and to say, God, here am I, here am I, God. I'm standing to attention. If you can use me, here am I. I wanna take you to the Garden of Eden for just a moment because what you believe really matters. What you believe in, what you're standing for, what, what you're listening to really matters. See, Satan knew in the garden that he didn't have to forcibly remove Adam and Eve from the garden. He didn't have to drag them. He didn't have to push them away. He didn't have to do that. All he had to do was to get them to believe a narrative. To, to take on a different belief of what they had been told. And if they did that, then they would automatically, sin would come and separate them from the garden and the blessing of God. And see, we live in a day that there is so much teaching and so much false doctrine and there's so many winds of doctrine and you can find anything and everything on the internet. And I know you said it's on the internet and it must be true, but friend, not everything on the internet is true. I hope to not disappoint you. The only thing that is true, has been true, will be true, and always will be true is the uncompromised word of God and that's what we've gotta stand on. That has to be our true north. We've gotta preach God's truth unapologetically and stand firm on what we believe. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 12, verse two, be not conformed to the world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I refuse to become conformed to a worldly system. I refuse to be lured to sleep in complacency and in ease and say, God, I hear the alarm. I refuse to hit the snooze. This last uh, weekend, we were in uh, Amish country in Ohio for a marriage conference. It was so exciting to be there. And uh, if you're ever looking to go there, it's a great place in Berlin, Ohio, Millersburg. And there's horse and buggies everywhere and cheese factories. It's a great place. And uh, I'm reminded of a story while I was there about Mr. Miller, the Amish family. They uh, went to the mall there in Ohio and, and uh, one day with his family, Mr. Miller, and, and uh, while they were there, him and his son were standing there, just standing around, and they noticed this big silver wall that just kept opening and closing, opening and closing. They couldn't figure out what that was. His son looked at him and said, Dad, uh, what, what is that? He said, I don't know, son. I've never seen that before. About that time, a, a sweet little elderly lady come up to that door that was swinging open and made her way inside of it. It closed behind her and they begin to watch as the little dots go up one, two, three, and then all of a sudden they watched it come back down. And all of a sudden that door is opened up and this beautiful lady stepped out of, the, out of there. <laughs> Mr. Miller looked at his son and said, son, go get your mother, you know. So transformation doesn't always happen the way we want or through worldly systems, but it will come through a renewed mind and getting an understanding of what God's word says about our lives. I think that was a true story. <clears throat> Do you hear the sound of the alarm? There's times our babies have cried all night. My wife was tired when I woke up, and she said, our babies cried all night, the teeth were hurting. I said, they did? I didn't know. Why? <laughs> because I didn't hear the cry. <laughs> I didn't hear the sound, but thank God for a mother who can, right? And no matter how tired she is, it's amazing. I want to hear the sound of the alarm. I don't want to fall and slumber and sleep in the times that we live in. I want to know the times that we're in. I want to know that the days are evil. I hear about wars and rumors of wars. I understand there's pestilence and tornadoes. I understand that there are things happening that have never happened in our history before. Folks, this is the sign of the growing pains. These are the times that Christ is soon to return. And it's time for a church to arise and to awaken. Alarm clock sometimes loses its power. Sometimes it has to be reset. Alarm requires you to make a decision to awake or snooze, to stay or run, to change or retreat, or to charge or retreat, accept the call to action or reject it. I remember growing up in school in Scott Central, Missouri, and they're in the grade school, and they would have the fire drill and the tornado drill. The only thing about the tornado drill, I never knew how that little metal desk was going to save us from the tornado, but, but, uh, but that was what you did. You got under it. Everybody remember that, right? And so, the, but the fire drill, when the fire drill would go off, you heard the alarm, it means that you stopped everything that you was doing. You left everything behind, and you, you didn't care what was important to you then, but now you answered the alarm, and you got behind the teacher and you followed her to the parking lot and I want to tell you something today there's an alarm sounding for the church to drop out of their complacency and say God here am I can you use me 
Because my uncle loves history, I threw this in today about Paul Revere. You know the story, an American silversmith in April of 1775 at midnight went riding through the towns uh, to warn the people that the British were coming. He was sounding the alarm for the people to wake up and to take their battle positions. I'm reminded in the scripture when the alarm was sounded uh, for spiritual awakening in the days of Noah, Jonah has a voice of repentance to Nineveh, children of Israel on many, many occasions and many, many more. I'm reminded in the New Testament of a man named John the Baptist. He was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. I'm reminded of Jesus who came, who went to a cross at Calvary, who redeemed mankind, that through resurrection power that we could have life to awaken us from death to life. But friend, I want you to know today that there is a day coming that every knee shall bow and that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. A day where we'll not be able to hit the snooze button any longer, but the alarm will be as trumpet sounding. And in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, everything is going to change. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven and with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for that great alarm, that great sounding of the trumpet when Christ is soon to return. The Bible declares to arise, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine into you and upon you. It's not time to hit the snooze. Look at somebody and say, don't hit the snooze. I looked at history reminding ourselves of the great spiritual awakenings in our world history. Go with me for just a moment through a little time in history where we look at the Great Awakening in 1700, 1734, in that era of time, you remember the name of Jonathan Edwards. When I was looking at the history of this before I go on, it was amazing to see historically the millions of people that were reached during this time, and they didn't have a TikTok or a Facebook or an Instagram, but millions were saved because someone woke up. Someone got on fire, and it spread across the land from state to state and from nation to nation. The second great awakening in the 1800s and seeing Charles Finney come on the scene in 1824, the businessman's revival in 1857, the Civil War revival, the urban revivals of 1875 where great man D.L. Moody came on the scene, Welsh revival 1904 to 1905, probably remember the name Billy Sunday, the Azusa Street revival, the post-war War II, World War II awakening, and then out of that we seen in 1949 when Billy Graham, that God would raise him up and the great revival and the great awakening of salvation that was happening across the land. The charismatic renewal in the Jesus movement, the late 1960s and the early 1970s. Now some of you in the room can probably relate. I'm getting a little closer uh, to your time frames. The mid-1990s, I can relate. The revivals in the 1990s, the Toronto Blessing, the Modesto and the Brownsville Revival, I remember even going to that one. The Promise Keeper Revival in the mid-1900s. And for now, that's all I have on my list. But I believe there's another awakening coming. I believe there's an alarm sounding. 
I believe God is preparing his church for his coming. I know we're surrounded by all kinds of false doctrines. I know we're surrounded by all kinds of narratives. I know we're surrounded by all kinds of things happening in our world right now. But friend, but friend, I want you to understand we're not of this world, we're just in it. We're part of another kingdom and Christ is soon to return and I wanna be ready and not asleep. I pray today that God would awaken us. Awaken our hearts again. I refuse to hit the snooze button. Thank you, brother. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 says this out of the Amplified. Do this knowing that this is a critical time. It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep of spiritual complacency. For our salvation is nearer to us now than we first believed in Christ. If we are spiritually asleep, then we are not attentive to what God is saying. Church, today as we close and as we come to a place here, I, I just simply wanted to come to encourage you and to remind you that God has a work for you. The reason the alarm is sounding because he's calling you. And the challenge is, is to not hit the snooze. An alarm creates a call to action to awake from spiritual complacency. It's a call to prayer. It's a call to love your neighbor. It's a call to evangelize. It's a call to be a witness in the workplace. It's a call to repent. It's a call to completely surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. The alarm is sounding for us to wake up. Don't hit the snooze. Today is the day of salvation, to awaken from spiritual slumber and put our heart, our trust in Jesus today. The Bible says to arise. Arise, O sleeper. Today I could have preached any topic or sermon, but this is what God placed in my heart because I believe it's a challenge for where we are in the spiritual climate of the church today. It's not a message of condemnation. It's just saying, God, I want to be awakened. Convict my heart. Purge me. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. God, if you can use me, here am I. Here's my hands. Here's my feet. I surrender. I hear, I hear the sound. I hear you calling me. I'm going to get up. I'm going to stand to attention. I want to be available for your service. In whatever capacity that is today, God has different works for each and every one of us to do in the places he's planted us. And it's just saying, God, I want to answer the call. I want to hit the snooze button. I don't want to miss my appointment. I don't want to miss my time. I've done it before and I've missed something. I've been late for something. I missed my opportunity because I chose to hit the snooze. Thank God for Saturdays where you don't have to set the alarm, right? <laughs> Sometimes. But the message today in its simplicity is simply to remind us that God's calling each of us. Friend, there's no president or president-elect that can save us. It's not where we find our salvation. It's not where we find our hope. It's not where we find our peace. It's only in Jesus Christ.
can I, can I keep being simple? Because it's the simplicity of the gospel. It's the simplicity of the gospel. It's the message of hope that Jesus will save us. He's calling us. There's an alarm today. Maybe God's dealing with your heart. I don't know what he's doing in you right now, but I know by the spirit of the Lord that hearts are being stirred. People are being touched right now where you're sitting because you know that God is speaking to you. Thank God for a church that will allow the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to still move in its midst. Thank God for a church that will preach the uncompromised word of God and it's God's love that changes and transforms people's lives. And he wants to do that for each and every one of us today. You know, in movies, in the movie world, there's a preview that's being released. It's the sizzle reel, it's the, it's the trailer. And what the sizzle reel is designed to do is to give you a taste, a picture, uh, an idea of what is to come. Oh, I want that. I want to watch that. I got to go see that. Do you see that? I gotta, I, 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 man, that looked good. I, I, let's go. I don't care how much the tickets are. I don't care if we have to pay extra on Amazon Prime. I got to see that. Because a scissor reel is to, to let people know what is to come. It's a preview of what is to come. Well, friend, I want you to know today that you and I as the church, we are the scissor reel for what is to come. There is a big show coming to town. And the star of the show is Jesus. It's the biggest production that you'll ever see, ever known. Jesus is coming. He's coming. He's coming. The British are not coming, but Jesus is coming. We are the sizzle reel for what is to come. And I want to be awake. I don't want to miss it. Would you stand to your feet all over this house this morning? I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for you. With heads bowed in this room, I want to pray for you. If that's you saying, Judge, I hear the message in its simplicity this morning. I don't want to walk out of here the same the way I came in but I'm praying for an awakening in my spirit. I want an awakening in my household. I want things to turn around in my life. I don't wanna be complacent. I don't wanna be in slumber or sleep, but God, wake my heart, stir my heart, God. If that's you today, just lift your hands. I wanna pray for, a, for an awakening. Just say, God, I, I want an awakening. I want more of you. I'm desperate for you. I need you, Jesus. Just lift your hands. We're gonna pray right now. We're gonna also pray for the nations of the world. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this house today. God, today we lift our hands extended as we're hungry and desperate for a revival. We're hungry and desperate for an awakening. And God, it's my prayer. Awaken me, oh God. Awaken my heart. God, for those with hands lifted to saying, God, I'm desperate for more of you. I pray for your power. I pray for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. God, that you would start a flame of revival right here from Murfreesboro, Illinois, that will touch the corners of the world. I thank you, Lord, for outpouring of your spirit. Let it birth in greater measure, greater measure, Father, greater measure than we've ever seen or known before. Father, I thank you that you're stirring hearts, moving us to a place to respond to the sound of the alarm for the church not to uh, fall asleep, 
but Lord, to awaken in the time that we live in, to not be distracted or destroyed or pulled away by false doctrines and teachings and itching ears, but Father, help us to surrender completely and totally to you, and we repent before you, and God, we ask for that revival, that awakening in our hearts and lives today. Come on, cry out to God right now. If you're a believer, say, come on, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, awaken my heart. Jesus, I need you right now. Come on, that's how you do it. Say, Father, I surrender to you. Lord, I thank you and I praise you and I give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor friend posted a worship service online. And this worship service was in Ukraine just about a week ago. And they were worshiping God and the Spirit of God was moving so powerfully as gunfire and as troops are moving in. And I thought about that for just a moment. There's a, there's a church in Ukraine that's not asleep. <laughs> They're seeking God right now. There's an awakening coming there. And it's a tough time. And I want you to know today is our prayer that God would awaken our hearts, that it wouldn't take bombs or shells or these type of things to move us out of our complacency, but to say, God, here am I. I surrender to you. You can use me. As we close this morning, I want to ask one more time that every head bowed and every eye closed, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If friend today that maybe you have accepted him at one time, but you feel far from him, and you'd like to recommit your life to Jesus Christ, I want to challenge you to not to hit the snooze button and walk out this door this morning. But to say, God, here am I. I want to surrender my life to you. If that's you, you're saying, I'm ready to know that Jesus Christ is truly the Lord and Savior of my life. I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask everybody in the congregation to join me in this prayer as we pray it together. If that's you, pray this from the bottom of your heart, and I believe that God will hear your prayer. Say, dear God, I surrender. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Draw me close to you. Wash me in your blood. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. And I accept you now. I open my heart to receive from you. And I choose to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Thank you. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to know that this altar is open today. If you need prayer for anything else, we want to be here to pray for you and agree with you today. And I want to say it's a time that there is a revival coming. Yes, yes. We got to stay with expectancy. We got to stay believing and don't hit the snooze. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Judge was talking about Charles Finney. Many people aren't aware that Charles Finney was a skeptic. He used to go to church and he would wait till after church to get with the pastor so he could critique his message and tell him where he missed and what he should have done to the point that the pastor didn't even want to see him after service. But you know, all that critiquing wasn't bringing him any closer to God. And then one day he got out in the woods and he knelt down to pray 
And when he knelt down to pray, he kept looking up and looking around. And he finally was so convicted in his heart because he realized that pride was his issue. He kept looking around because he was afraid someone was going to see him or hear him. And he finally just broke and began to cry out, God, forgive me. It changed who he was. He went to his office one morning and he built a fire it, early in the morning. It was cold in the office. He built a fire. He knelt down to pray. And when he raised up, there was just cold ash in the fireplace. He prayed all day long and it seemed just a moment to him. When he walked into factories to share the word of God, men would begin to shake and tremble as he came by and fall on their knees and begin to cry out, God, forgive me. I'm telling you, God wants us to walk in a presence that declares who he is so everyone is able to understand he's alive. Say it with me, he's alive. I love what Judge said about that sizzle reel. Where's Dean at? Dean, you're the sizzle reel, buddy. <laughs> he's, he's a preview of what God does in your life when you say yes. How about it? You ready to say yes? This was leap forward today. Everything that happens in the natural world has a spiritual correlation. It's time to leap forward. What does today do for us? It gives us a little bit more light at the end of the day. Folks, we're at the end of the day, and God is saying, I'm going to give you a little bit more light. It's time for us to shine. Amen. Stretch your hands to heaven one more time. Father, we thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you for this message that's been brought to us. God, don't make us just a hearer of the word, but cause us to be doers. Lord, let our heart burn with a passion. Let us find ourselves in a place of Jeremiah that it's like a fire that's shut up in our bones. Let us seize the day we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to, if you've enjoyed this message today, I want, there are ushers at the doors. I want you, if you would, to leave an offering that we're going to give to judge and bless him on his way. Let's give him, how many of you enjoyed this today? Amen. Give him a big hand clap. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. We'll see you next week.